My name is Chris Spaggs, and I'm on a quest to stack up every NFL team and Underdog Fantasy's Best Ball Mania for $3 million to first place. You guys know the drill. I am already in a draft room, but also about to spin this wheel to tell me who we have to build around today. 12 teams left for me to draft before the season starts, so let's see what the wheel gives us. Somebody good. Somebody bad. Somebody teetering on bad. Los Angeles Rams. Let's do it. So let me pull up the draft window. I am already in a best ball mania four draft. Uh, we will see what we can get here. Gonna be tough for me to get Cooper Cup, who I would consider to be a very important part of a Rams stack, but we will do the best to build around them regardless. Let me get the banner going. Uh, we got, this is my draft number 110 as well. Oh, no, I have to edit this. Not stacking Patriots. We're stacking Rams. What a treat. So if I don't get Cooper Cup, then I guess we're going to have to build around Van Jefferson, Cam Akers, all the stars of the Los Angeles Rams. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Tough one to start with. Tough one to start with here to keep the energy up. Either way, though, we are picking in the seven hole here, so we will see what we get back to us. And in some rooms, in some rooms out there, Cooper Cup has fallen because of his hamstring issues, so that is something here where it would be really nice for that to be the case. I don't think Cooper Cup should fall because of the hamstring issues. If he's going to fall, uh, you should have him falling because he's an over-30 guy who has had a history now of soft tissue injuries, and now is another one heading into the season. Uh, but he should be good to go in the preseason uh, right before the season starts, I think was the latest things that were reported out there that he'll be good to go for some scrimmages they have uh, before the season starts. So Cooper Cup probably shouldn't fall, but we'll see here what Kohler Ryan and BN and B Jigs do. But you got to think one of them is going to take Cup. You got to think. Unless they really love spag stacks, one of these guys is going to take Cup. But if they really love spag stacks, they should just let Cup go to seven. No collusion. Just whispering into the microphone. It's not collusion. Puka in the 18th. There we go. Good morning, Spag. Shout out Brian here. Shout out to all the guys in chat. And there goes Cooper Cup. So we will not be building around him. Uh, tragedy for me here. Uh, but we are going to still try to build a good team, of course. Uh, we will still go with our guy, Stefan Diggs. And um, kind of out on Austin Eckler. We've talked about that a little bit. Not out, out, but not a guy that I'm prioritizing here down the home stretch. If he were to come to me, you know, at the end of the first round and, you know, start of the second. I can see taking a little more Eckler here, but uh, my concerns with him and how that offense is going to be so materially different this year with Kellen Moore attacking downfield. Every Chargers uh, training camp article you will read is about them attacking downfield, completing 50-yard bombs to somebody out there. Even with Mike Williams banged up, they're competing deep passes to Josh Palmer and other guys who are honestly names that are barely going to be recognizable to you guys out there. Um, so that's the kind of thing for the Chargers. I think it's a different offense. So for me, um, Diggs a guy that I will regularly take ahead of Austin Eckler. Um, McCaffrey, you know, certainly you could take ahead of Diggs, but I would take Diggs ahead of Eckler personally. Shouts all you guys hanging out here. I like the Ram stacks have backdoored that quite a bit. Yeah, the backdoor Ram stacks certainly easier to get. Higby, a guy that we saw some spike weeks last year. And I guess let's talk about the Rams a little bit more holistically because uh, that is an important part, I think, of the Spag Stacks videos. I think the Rams are in a good rebound spot this year. I don't think they're going to get to the Super Bowl levels again, uh, but the fact that they were able to get Aaron Donald back, kind of a surprise. Uh, a guy that seemed like he was getting close to retirement last year. He ends up coming back for reasons unclear on a team that uh, feels like it's closer to a rebuild than it is to competing once again. Um, won't get Saquon either in this Rams uh, as a bring back for the Rams stack, but 
Well, either way, we'll figure that out. Uh, point being, though, with the Rams, that I think they are in a situation where they're certainly going to be less talented than some of the other teams in the NFC West, the Niners being first and foremost. Um, I guess Garrett Wilson is falling here, huh? All right. Um, I have no issue taking Garrett Wilson at 18 uh, with a minor ankle injury, holding him out. This feels... This feels like a DraftKings draft. If Garrett Wilson's going to fall that much at this point, um, knowing what we know of him, obviously the Jets did not look fantastic in that Hall of Fame game yesterday, but who did uh, besides Dorian Thompson-Robinson? Uh, but Garrett Wilson at 18 feels pretty good to me here. Um, for the Rams, though, I guess we'll talk more about them in a second. Let's hit some chats. Lots of talk to do in the back door. There we go. Big Lenny here, going to be the horny guy <laughs> in the chat today. Any interest in a Rams backup cube or RB? Uh, RB, no. I don't think quite as much. Um, I get the Zach Evans thing. Sony Michelle retiring, bit of a surprise there. After he went back to the Rams, I think that is something that opens up theoretical touches for Zach Evans. The issue is it's that like about as ambiguous as can be behind Cam Akers. And to me, Akers was so good last year, like not good enough where I'm dying to prioritize him. You know, I definitely think the Rams game script wise with how this defense should be shaking out. Like they weren't good defensively, um, especially defending the deep ball last year. And now it's with Jalen Ramsey with a secondary being what it is, where there's even less talent there, uh, more atrophying over all of these guys as they're getting older on defense. I do think that they're going to be in a lot of game scripts that are not going to be beneficial for cam makers. But that said, like if they are in positive game scripts, somehow I think cam makers is the one who's the guy that they're going to trust. Um, barring him falling out of favor again. And there's obviously risk with that. They fell out of favor with him last year, but now he's healthy, you know, has had some more time coming off the injuries that he's had. Um, and then he closed out the season so well that I think to me, it's Cam Akers being the one that's priority there. That said, when I initially read that chat, I think a backup QB for the Rams is kind of interesting to me, just because I do think that the spinal injuries from Matthew Stafford, not that great as he's getting older. Um, Stafford, I think if you're making a bet on the Rams, he's probably the one you're taking at face value. But I think Stetson Bennett can be a guy that actually does prop up this offense enough if we do see Stafford go out. Doesn't mean you draft Bennett, but it does mean that I think the Rams are a little more solid, especially when it comes to the, the Cooper Cup tier, maybe the Acres tier of guys. Um, but just I think this offense has a better shot to be functional this year if things go down. And Baker Mayfield looked okay for the Rams last year filling in, but he wasn't good. Like, he definitely wasn't good by any stretch. Um, definitely more of a, a kind of stopgap QB that got lucky with a few wins. Um, I think this year for the Rams, though, like, to me, they feel like an 8-9 and nine team. Um, I feel like that's probably in their range. But, you know, 8-9 and nine in the West, you could be competing for a wild card spot, I think. I'm not going to win that division, though, I would say. Like, I, I would find it really unlikely for the Rams to have a shot to actually win this division. Um, mm -hmm. Let's see. I'll read some of these chats here. Do I like a Houston stack? I do like Houston in general. Um, Houston having an ambiguous kind of wide receiver core, I think, is appealing to them. Obviously, you don't have the wide receiver one. Uh, knowing the wide receiver one is the most important thing for stacks because that's how you build everything around off of that. Uh, the best correlation for any Week 17 game is going to be wide receiver one versus wide receiver one. Um, so that's something that matters where you don't know who that is in Houston. But because it's ambiguous, because people are drafting Nico like he's the wide receiver one, I do think that offers you some opportunity. Um, Dalton Schultz, me, a very solid tight end play to give you some floor there. And CJ Stroud was just such a beast in college that I think there's a good shot he will be once again. And uh, we pull off the Josh Allen stack here. Uh, happening pretty easily for me. This happened earlier. I think it was this week or last week with Pete uh, where I was able to get Diggs, Waddle, Allen. Here I get Diggs, Garrett Wilson, Allen. Uh, feel very good about this stack start here. Not very Rams specific, obviously. Uh, we've got nothing to build towards Rams and Giants in week 17 yet uh, with Cooper Cup not falling our way. But Diggs, Wilson, and Allen is a really nice start uh, for me, a guy that doesn't necessarily love drafting elite QBs. You're going to do it. I think this is the way you do it. 
Round three, JT, I'm going to bust. Yeah, much like Jonathan Taylor is <laughs> this year. Uh, again, I will give my take about Indianapolis once again because people are curious about this one um, every stream. But Jonathan Taylor, to me, a guy that you can look at and say that he has no leverage in the situation. He is under contract. If he holds out, they could put him on the non-football injury list if they want to do that with whatever his back or leg issues are. Um, there's some leverage that the Colts have. Taylor's got no leverage at all, and he's not like Josh Jacobs, who is technically still a free agent. Um, he doesn't get fined any money for missing any sort of camp or any games or anything. Uh, Jonathan Taylor will be actively missing paychecks if they decide to accelerate these things and make him miss paychecks. Uh, so to me, Jonathan Taylor, taking me at face value, uh, definitely going to be more likely to be active than not. You know, that said, you know Jonathan Taylor, I get questioning the value, even if I, you know there was a sliding ADP too. Uh, but obviously, if you are a believer in the run-pass offense here that the Colts can bring, uh, getting Taylor here at this brief discount period where he is going in the late 20s, uh, I've seen him go in 30 in some drafts out there. I think that Jonathan Taylor probably a nice guy to pick up, even if you're not the biggest believer um, in his health or what he did last year. He was terrible last year. Like, you really can't argue that, but so is the team. So what are you going to do? Come in to see Wilson at pick 18. Incredible. There we go. Hey, it would be great if it were a jet stack. <laughs> Unfortunately, we are trying to build Ram stacks here, but yeah, getting Garrett Wilson, any dip on Garrett Wilson, I'd be very willing to buy in on right now. Um, ankle injury for him in, Ju in July and August. Like that just doesn't matter. Um, but people sometimes freak out about it. All right. We're on the clock again here. We got Allen Diggs, Wilson, nothing Cleveland related to do as a bring back for Wilson, nothing new England related to do as a bring back for Buffalo. So I think we're just going to, I mean, this is a nice little dip for Gibbs. Gibbs has had some nice camp highlights, but I'm going to get ahead of wide receiver here. Obviously love Christian Watson, any slight discount on Christian Watson. I'm happy to buy in on uh, not great camp reports overall for the Packers offense, but the highlights have been a lot of Christian Watson getting deep balls. Uh, certainly something for him that I think is uh, boding well based on what he's done in training camp. Packers overall, though, I think you could, you're perfectly fine to have some concerns about Jordan Love just based on the fact that they're getting their asses kicked by the defense every day. There was actually an athletic article that I read this morning uh, doing my usual training camp news catch-up. And I guess Aaron Jones and uh, Rasul Douglas had like a little bit of a, a back and forth there where Rasul Douglas, because the defense just keeps beating the Packers offense in practice, and then as a result, like the uh, Packers offense has been doing like up-downs and whatever you know bullshit things you had to do in high school. Apparently, the Packers actually make pro-level NFL players do that if they get beaten in a practice and Aaron Jones was like yeah Russell Douglas said you guys fucking suck <laughs> just keeps yelling at us and I had to remind him that these are our teammates and that you guys should, you should be propping them up a little bit but apparently uh it's not been great maybe the Packers defense is full of world beaters and it's not Jordan Love's fault but um still think Love is a great value to take but I do have to do have to relay that that apparently it's just been embarrassing <laughs> for the offense and they are getting alpha mailed by the defense wouldn't surprise me if the Pierce-Singletary split is close to 50-50. I would agree with that for the Houston stack combo we were talking about. Um, I've been taking Singletary since he was going in the 180s. Love that. Now he's closer to the 150s reliably. But I do think that, you know, Damian Pierce, much like Kenneth Walker, who is going through his own injury issues, and Zach Charbonnet back out there and about to play in a mock game. Uh, but Singletary, you know, is kind of the same thing as Charbonnet, where Singletary is kind of a more analytically sound running back, a guy who was pretty good in terms of the EPA numbers per target, uh, could certainly even better in the run game for Buffalo, but was still solid. And Damian Pierce was one of those guys who got a lot of volume, broke some home runs, and that looks great for guys like him and Kenneth Walker. But then if you don't get the volume and you're not breaking the home runs, like that's where the analytics start to catch up a little bit. Um, and you have to remember too, that Houston's new, you know, new coaching staff, uh, the new control, at least for the front offense of Houston there, uh, they brought in Singletary, uh, you know, Damian Pierce, I think 
Um, can certainly be a guy that those those shifting around offenses and uh, you know, and also the front offices can be something that does affect a running back uh, like Damian Pierce. But we're on the clock here. Buffalo, Jets, Green Bay. Nothing screaming out. I do want more shares of JSN, but Ayuk falling here and this kind of build I think works. Feeling pretty loaded at receiver um, because of getting that sliding Wilson here. So it might be something where we can go the full extreme zero RB, which as you guys know, I do love here. Did that on a stream on Wednesday to close out my, my three streams in a row. If you want to check out some of the videos from this week, five days a week of streams. Um, but I do think in this build, I'm so good at receiver that if there are some running back values, it starts to align in the sixth round. I'll probably go back that way, but we'll see. Does the killer whale money count against the cap? Uh, <laughs> yeah, Jim Irsay spending $20 million to uh, transport a whale from captivity to its native land in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, so Jim Irsay, bad for running backs, great for whales. <laughs> so that's the kind of thing you can always have stock in if you want to root for an NFL owner. Jim Irsay loves pills, loves whales, hates running backs. Those are the three things to know about Jim Irsay. Loves a bang bus as well. I need sixth round cam. Okay. Yeah. I think that's a fair point. I'm not getting a guy like cup starting to build the, the Ram stack around acres. I think makes sense. I do think that one way that the Rams are competent this year is certainly going to be keeping that defense off the field. How do you keep a defense off the field? You run the ball a lot with a guy like cam Akers. So um, acres again, showed he can have that volume. Um, Kyron Williams didn't show much last year. Zach Evans. I do think a more live is pure contingent value for a guy like cam Akers. Um, to tie it back to the backup running back question we had earlier. Um, Evan Smee is kind of like Zamir White was last year. Hassan Haskins was last year. Um, Zamir White is this year, I guess, kind of the same thing. Where it's you're not really expecting Zach Evans, I think, to be meaningfully involved. But if it does go bad for Akers, if Akers gets hurt, if Akers just again falls out of favor again, uh, that's where Zach Evans has value. So just based on that, I do think if Cam Akers comes back, I, I will probably snag him here. But we'll see. We'll see. What up, Spags? Is this the Hound just got on? Sorry, I'm late. No, I'm only doing BBM4 drafts here. Either BBM4 or the DraftKings Millie Maker, but no, no Hound for me. Um, yeah, I'm not. I honestly don't. It's just like mentally, I still have to do. I mentioned yesterday on stream, of course, did a DraftKings draft yesterday. If you want to see how the best ball half goes there. Tilted my face off as somebody took Sam Howell and Jimmy Garoppolo in the 11th and 12th rounds. Uh, let me make my pick here, and we will I'll go to the podium, and we'll say, Cam Akers, the Ram stack begins. There we go. Um, but yeah, I think that, you know, for me, the um, the Hound has a little bit less appeal just because I have to get so many entries in for these. Um, still have to get 40 in in Best Ball Mania. Of course, you're going to see a lot of those on stream here. Um, still have to get 80 in on DraftKings. Uh, so I just need to, my, my draft time is going solely to filling these big tournaments. Can't keep doing all the, all the silly ones. I like the stream. Love to hear it, Matt Murphy. Of course, if you like the stream as well, make sure to hit that like button. Subscribe down below. I appreciate it if all you guys join me here in our quest to get Splash Play to 3,000 subs. And it's in the news today. Pete tweeted it out. But if you want to check out some old episodes of Splash Play, we do have that Playmakers playlist down below where we recap all of the famous, notorious ESPN hit uh, in the early 2000s, ESPN's Playmakers. Um, and there is a big uh, full oral history in The Athletic today that's worth a read. I've gotten through a little bit of it. Uh, but if you know, it's timely, I guess this is the most timely our playmakers recaps will ever be that we did when we were first starting up slash play. So check it out. 
Jim Irsay, high of dreaming about Shamu. <laughs> Just just pilled out out of his mind, fantasizing about being a little boy in Free Willy with a whale going over him. Um, but that's the kind of thing, though, man. Like, you talk about, obviously, I want to win Best Ball Mania, but that's not the level of rich where you are, like, transporting a whale and making a whale your buddy because you had a childhood fascination with whales kind of thing. Uh, Jim Irsay is that level of rich, so kudos to him. Um, always nice to see when rich guys aren't, I, I, I don't know. He might still be an awful guy, but always nice to see when rich guys do something nice. Like Taylor Swift, I think, you know, like gave all of her, her road crew like 100K bonuses or whatever. Like, cool, rich person doing good things. I still find it incredibly annoying. I have to listen to her music every day because my wife is obsessed with her. That said, like rich people doing good things, let's give them thumbs up. Give them a pat on the back whenever they do a nice thing because so often they do not. Uh, Jahan Dotson goes to 72 here. Just going to highlight that because Jahan Dotson just weirdly falls in some rooms for reasons unclear. I don't really get why. Guy who was good last year showed a ceiling. Um, if you have questions about the Washington offense, and maybe that's the case uh, with McLaurin here going at 50, nice discount for our guy Short Gamer. Um, but Dotson to me, if you are going to think that Washington is barely, barely competent or at least bare minimum competency, uh, Dotson to me is going to be a key part of that. Am I doing any double RB stack from same team? No, I would not do the uh, the handcucking to uh, coin the phrase that our pal Pete has used, but two running backs from the same team, I get the logic if it's like the Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson. I just think that you're always going to be better off with your teams making a bet uh, that gives you a chance to be more correct than the other one. Um, so to me, it's not a preferred drafting style, but you know, there's logic for it. People have defended it. Mike Leone's defended it, and that, it's got, that guy's about as sharp data-wise as you can be, so uh, just feel free to follow whoever you want. Um, okay. Nothing, nothing correlating here either. We got our Ram, at least one Ram swift enough of a value. Some reports of swift being RB one in Philly. I still think when we get into the practical part of it, that they're going to see Rashad Penny run with a brutality that, uh, frankly, DeAndre Swift isn't capable of. And that's the kind of thing that is absolutely going to appeal to Philly. Um, And also a good chance, apparently, that Rashad Penny might be returning some kicks, uh, which is something that does at least make sure that he's not likely to be inactive if Swift does take the RB1 role. Um, So I am still more team Penny, but I do think right now with where Swift is ADP-wise, on underdog and DraftKings and some of the reports, I would take Swift now because if there is a drum beat over the next four weeks that he's the RB1, he's going to get priced up because people love Swift. He had big fantasy games for them in the past, and Philly still you know, perceived to be a high-value offense, and they are you know, based on terms of scoring points. Uh, but I do think Swift to me, like now's probably the time to buy Swift uh, before he starts to get seeded up a little bit too much more. Burke's such a smash this ADP. I agree. I think that at this ADP for Burks, he's a little bit more of a bailout player. Um, I took him uh, when I was doing those three drafts on Wednesday where I ended up doing uh, two hyper-fragile running back builds, which is not my preferred one. But if you're doing a hyper-fragile running back build, I do think the way you get out of that, especially if you're like me and you love drafting receivers and you think the receivers are the key to everything here, even in a year where the ADPs have shifted around and maybe gotten a little too receiver heavy, um, taking a guy like Traylon Burks is the way that you do that. You take your running backs early, especially with Derrick Henry, and you take Traylon Burks with him, and that's giving you still the upside for a guy that can be you know, in the second round next year because of what he puts up on film and on stats this year. Um, that's when I like Burks the most. But in this kind of build where we have um, we have guys like Diggs, Wilson, Watson, Ayuk. Like, I don't know that Burks, like Burks is fine here, but he doesn't do anything that like I need, I think would be the best way to put that. I do see one guy I would not mind taking in this build, but we will determine what we get back. 
did not get Gabe Davis, I don't think. Yeah, Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis won at 68. All right. Um, because I have the Bills, though, I would not mind us being a Dalton Kincaid team. Uh, Dalton Kincaid, another guy with a solid drum beat in training camp. Uh, Dawson Knox still involved, but the reports are that uh, these guys are going to be on the field a lot together. So I think anybody's still viewing that as a competition between them. Uh, not going to be the best move. So Traylon Burks is here still. I think that would be an interesting pick for sure. But I think this is a build because we have Wilson, because we know Elijah Moore is going to be involved pretty heavily in this uh, Cleveland offense. I think we're going to get our bring back for week 17 on Garrett Wilson here, and we will take Elijah Moore. Um, Elijah Moore, I do think, going to have a lot more of that dink and dunk kind of plays. He's not going to be a downfield guy at the same level as Amari Cooper or Donovan Peoples-Jones. Um, but still a guy that I think will get heavily involved running crossers. All the camp reports have been him basically getting looked for pretty heavily every time Amari Cooper's not on the field. Um, that bodes well for him. But I still, you know, in terms of this Cleveland offense, I prefer obviously Nick Chubb. I prefer Amari Cooper. Um, but Elijah Moore looking pretty good otherwise. Uh, I don't get the Davis steam. Um, I'm, Gabe Davis getting steamed up a little bit here, uh, going to the top 70. Uh, in the past, he's been going uh, mid 70s to, I guess, 80. Depends on the room, though, obviously, always. Um, I get the steam in terms of the fact that he had probably his worst possible situation last year in terms of being hurt. And still, I think he was a top, you know, fringe top 30 receiver and he's getting drafted basically where he played last year. Um, if you assume he gets better, I think that's a positive. I tend to think Gabe Davis is going to get hurt by Kincaid uh, being a guy who I really think can earn targets. I mean, he was a high level target earner at Utah. He absolutely destroyed USC. If you have not, uh, if for some reason you escaped this entire draft process and also the entire offseason without seeing Dalton Kincaid versus USC, just look up Dalton Kincaid USC highlights and watch what that guy did. Um, it's the kind of player that absolutely can hurt Gabe Davis in terms of his chance to actually be a volume guy. But Gabe Davis being still a guy that can blow the roof off of any defense, like I think that's there for him. So to me, Gabe Davis is just like appropriately priced. But if he starts to come up to the 50s again, I think that's where I'd probably grab more Kincaid personally. But I don't get like there's no news item that's led to Davis getting bumped up more. It's not like he's been a world beater in camp. It's just that he's healthier now. He's feeling good now. Um, you know, those are good things, obviously, but uh, everybody's feeling healthy and good at this time of year. See what we're going to do here at the 103 spot. You can see the Kadarius Tony fall happening again. Um, obviously, his ADP has dropped about 20 spots. Still think if you are, if you're hard up at receiver, just draft Kadarius Tony in the 90s. Feel pretty good about that as a guy who should be the wide receiver one. I know people are always worried about injury risk, but at this point, especially with Kadarius Tony starting to dip, and maybe you'll get into the 100s, he might dip even further. Um, but I think, you know, if you're like me again in that Wednesday stream I was doing uh, where I did really heavy running back early on, a guy like Kadarius Tony, kind of same thing as Traylon Burks, like they can bail you out and be a, a big wide receiver earning, a target earner rather. Um, and that's something that I think Kadarius Tony adds value in um, if you are a little bit light. A little bit light at the position. And also great bring back. Short gamer gets him with Jamar Chase. Uh, you know, for week 17, which is what we're playing for in best ball, in case uh, anybody kind of forgets that you're not playing to min cash, you are playing to win it all. A uh, Kadarius Tony Jamar Chase thing could absolutely be the thing that wins you week 17. Doesn't matter if Kadarius Tony is hurt for 16 weeks of the year. I don't think he will be, but um, that could still be the thing that wins you week 17. Gabe's ADP went from 80 to 66 on DK in the last week. Oh, wow. I did not know it's taken that big of a jump. Um, yeah, I don't get it. I honestly, I saw somebody poking a hole on social media about DraftKings ADPs and how perhaps they might not even be calculated correctly because uh, a guy like Kate Otten gets drafted in pretty much every 20-round draft on there, uh, but he sells an ADP that's lower than a bunch of guys that, who don't get drafted at all. Um, 
So I don't know. There could be some weird things with DraftKings because their UX, you know, certainly not as buttoned up as we talked about on the DraftKings stream I did yesterday. Um, not as buttoned up as the as some of the ones that are going to be on Underdog. All right, so we do not get that. All right, so this sucks. We have Swift, but Penny's here. Whatever. I think still no Rams coming up of consequence. Still no Giants necessarily coming up of consequence. I'm going to take David Njoku here. Um, again, another bring back for Garrett Wilson. Uh, would be nice to have Deshaun Watson in this build, but we have Josh Allen. So Josh Allen, I think, uh, better than Deshaun Watson in terms of fantasy stuff. But I think here, Njoku's just a guy I want to get more exposure to, especially if I do have a jet for that Week 17 correlation. Njoku, a beast at camp, apparently has looked the best he's looked in his career. Um, that'll happen when a guy gets paid, and he's also just kind of a enormous freak athlete guy rather than a technician. Uh, now he's enough into his career where you could expect the technic, uh, technical stuff to come a little bit more for him. Um, so Njoku to me with more, I think, is our bring back. So we have a nice little correlation for a game that is not related to this Ram stack <laughs> down below. Oh, there we go. OG1 Kenobi was saying that. There, same same page. So we got Njoku. I like that one. <clears throat> if I deployed the four tight end strat at all this year, I don't think it's correct. So no, I have not. I love three tight ends. I think three tight ends is a great build. Um, if you're building them late, um, I might have one four tight end build, but honestly, I think I don't even have that. Um, it's just not, I don't think it's the smart way to draft personally. But, you know, I get the logic why people would think, you know, you, you load up on a fungible position and all that. But I think you lose too many draft spots otherwise if you are doing that. Um, I guess the way to do it, if you were going to, would be you need a two QB build. You need to go extreme zero RB. And then you have to also hit a really nice pocket of the running backs you're hitting. And I could see how that might feel okay. But um, three tight ends, I think, is probably enough for the most part. Um, all right. One, two, five, one. We do have a falling Charbonnet. Uh, but we did use a lot of capital there. We have this Buffalo stack. A lot of good camp reports for Juju Smith-Schuster. I'm going to take him here. Uh, so one, two, six, one, and now we are going to dial back pretty heavily at receiver for a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think this feels like a pretty good start for that one. And we have now some correlation with our Buffalo guys in New England for week 17 too. So we built out Jets and Browns. We've built out a little bit of Buffalo in New England, and then we can do whatever we want with Rams and Giants later on because none of these guys are going to be on the screen anytime soon. I took my first Kincaid share when I had an unstacked Allen. Only way I think he makes sense of his ADP. That USC game is such an outlier that's artificially propped up his ceiling. I think this is one of the most incorrect takes you have given ever <laughs> here. Consigliere. A uh, dog Kincaid last year. Let's pull up the college numbers. Um, Don Kincaid, 27.5 routes per game. That's second most out of the drafted tight ends behind Cameron Latu. In those 27.5 routes per game, he had a 29% target per route run earned. He also had 74 air yards, or no, excuse me, 66 air yards per game, 74 yards in receptions per game. 29% um, avoided tackle rate, 0.371 EPA per target. He ran out of the slot, got 4.5 slot targets per game, had 0.646 EPA per target, which is also best in the class. Um, Don Kincaid is an absolute monster. Let me see the, if the red zone numbers are there too. Uh, ba, ba, ba. No red zone work for Don Kincaid. So, okay. You want to poke some holes there. Don Kincaid barely got any red zone work. Uh, just well, Actually, no. He got 1.3 red zone targets per game. It wasn't great with him. That's the issue with Kincaid. Uh, but point being, though, I, I don't think that's right at all. Um, Kincaid is a fantastic play. 
he showed a ceiling. He showed one of the biggest ceilings a tight end has ever showed in college. That is not just an outlier thing propping up his entire season. He was also great in multiple games. But the point is you're drafting these guys for a ceiling. So, like, he did that at Utah with um, Cam rising at QB. What's he going to do with Josh Allen if there is a game that forces him to get fed, you know, at a ceiling level? Like, that's what you're looking for. So, I think if you're drafting that way, um, that is not. He played slot. He played slot in college. He's going to play slot in the pros. They've already said that in training camp. Consigliere, you're a regular here. What it, this is a bad take. Bad take. Shout out Bindles here. $2 super chat. I won't yell at him then. <laughs> Bindles, I also owe you a follow-up, I know, but I've been uh, figuring out some other real-life stuff. But I will get back to you, Bindles, and I apologize for the delay. I'm wildly down on Kincaid because I'm wildly down on Buffalo. Okay, that's fine. If you're down on Buffalo, if you're up on Buffalo and you're down on Kincaid, you're wrong. And I'm not Liam here. I'm not a sycophant for Buffalo. I'm going to take Kincaid here. I only have two running backs. I'm going to take Kincaid because of how angry this makes me. <laughs> no, I think I'm okay with a base here of Swift and Nakers, but I want Kincaid here um, kind of despite Consigliere, yes. Kincaid was my favorite guy who I saw digging through the data in terms of tight ends. And Michael Mayer was a bigger target earner per route run. Um, he's certainly a guy also that's great relative to ADP. Like, if that's the case you want to make, I think, again, so there's two cases you can make. I think Buffalo is going to be bad. I don't think that's correct based on the Super Bowl odds, based upon any of the trajectory stuff, any of that. So that's that's one reason to not make the bet on Kincaid. The other reason not to make the bet on Kincaid would be that, okay, he's weirdly priced when you have Laporte as a tight end one and a pure tight end one too. He's not a slot guy, not a specialized pass catcher. Sam Laporte is going to be out there with the first team. He's a little bit used to him. Uh, 30 picks cheaper in ADP. Uh, Michael Mayer, M Luke Musgrave, those guys go at the end of the drafts. They're also tight end ones uh, looking like at least. Uh, definitely for sure for Musgrave, looking like it for Mayer. If you want to make that as the case for no not going to Kincaid, fine. But you're drafting like a, a ceiling piece and an elite offense that, I don't know, man. I would never, I would never consider not drafting a ceiling piece uh, for a high upside offense that is a top Super Bowl contender. Shout out Brandon here, $20 Super Chat. Appreciate you too, of course. Appreciate the support from all you guys who are just hanging out. Of course, if you can hit the like button, appreciate that. But Super Chats certainly help right here. Of course, as the man who's not been paid by Football Outsiders in three and a half months, uh, continues to accrue because uh, fucking they're stupid. <laughs> but, but yes, so I appreciate the Super Chats here. Uh, for, and I just appreciate your time, always. Anybody who wants to spend time with me here, whether you're going to fucking make me mad about Donkey Kate or not, um, I appreciate you guys being here and being willing to hang. Being willing to hear me soapbox about, about rookie tight ends. This is the year of the rookie tight end, guys. The year, the year of the running backs where nobody or less than five guys get more than 20 touches. And the year where rookie tight ends win somebody a lot of money in best ball. Those are the things that I am going to say over and over again. Um, all right. So we're behind some eight balls here for sure. Um, we got to shore up the running back room a little bit more. We're going to do that with Jalen Warren. We obviously have Van Jefferson here. Is Van Jefferson a must-have in a Ram stack? Obviously, he is one of the more likely parts. Big B, or Higby goes, rather, so that's not great. Um, what is JB Jigs doing here? B Jigs is just, B -Jigs just flying free. Richardson, Gino. No, no stack with Gino. No stat. Well, he's got, he's got Pittman for Richardson. All right. That's good. 
Uh, super chat from Consiglieri, which I will take as an apology or his $2. This is the year it's all different. Yes, that's that's correct. It's not, I think when you look at 10 years of data and you don't look at the trend over 10 years of data, um, that's where people make some mistakes. But look, man, you, you guys know my takes here. I've put more hours of streams out there for, as much as anybody besides Pete. And I'm sure some other guys out there are doing similar amounts. But um, you can have all my takes and you can come back and throw them back in my face if you want. Uh, but boy, if you're coming with, if you're laid foot, if your jab is saying, Hey, Don Kincaid is not a guy I'm going to draft at all. You're not like, that's not on the same page as me. That's your lead off. And I usually agree with consigliere, but like, if that's the lead off here that you're going to die on the hill of, I think it's a bad hill to die on. Bolick apparently has been hacked by our guy, Tyler. I'd rather have your tits, not your takes. <laughs> Thank you. I guess. I'll take it. I'll take any compliment here, even if it's a thinly veiled one. I'll take it. Oh, here we go. OG1 Kenobi, speaking my language here. Rookie tight ends are going to feast this year. Mayor, Musty, uh, Musky, rather, Kincaid, maybe even Laporta. There's a lot. I mean, those are the four. Those are the four. Um, you know, there's still like a faint shot of like a Bretton Strange or a Darnell Washington putting up a usable week. I think that's certainly there too. Um, is a usable week enough to draft a guy? I don't know. Uh, but I do think, yes, the year of the rookie tight end, there's just um, the thing that people miss is like, I understand the logic of always defaulting to has it happened yet? Like, yes, I get that logic. You want to see it. You want to see it proved right before your eyes. The same token, though, who were the starting tight ends in the Super Bowl? Oh, yes. The two of the best tight ends, and the most analytically sound tight ends. What happened in the NFL draft this year? A bunch of rookies who were incredibly analytically uh, analytically sound, who dominated an EPA, all got drafted with high draft capital. Why do you think that is? Connect the dots. Think, think about what's coming. Think about what NFL teams do and what they see success as. Why did AR get drafted and paired with Shane Steichen? Is it because Jalen Hurts just went off in that same offense doing similar things? Think about the trends. Don't just think about, hey, this is what happened in 2018 because, like, compare TV ratings to 2018. Like, industries change. Industries shift. That's the whole point of it all. Fucking Matthew Stafford goes, <laughs> this, this Ram stack is a bust. This guy needed a <laughs> what? Okay, so he did need a second QB. He got Hig he got Van Jefferson with Stafford. Well, fuck it. Fuck, fuck the Rams. Let's just build a good team at this point. All right, we got Buffalo, <laughs> Pittsburgh. Um, we talked about Singletary earlier. We're gonna take Singletary here. I'm just gonna build a good team and not worry about this. So we've got Cam Akers. The Ram stack, the only player you need in a Ram stack is Cam Akers. That's what we're deciding here. 28% Laporta, 21% Kincaid. There we go. It's a lot. It's a lot of those guys, but um, I would feel more like 16% to 25 would be my range, but um, I definitely have a lot more in the big board. I can tell you that. It's taking Kincaid and Musgrave everywhere. <laughs> Easy windhorst. I mean, it's, but it's like, that's the whole, that's how you're going to win in best ball. I think is like, we know structure now. We know the correlation things. Uh, we've heard the pushbacks about various spike weeks and different ADPs and whatever. Um, the way that you're going to win now is being able to identify what the NFL is doing. Um, and I think that is uh, just kind of, Dialing back running backs, pushing up receivers who now get paid more than any position, and pushing up tight ends because they are the cheaper alternatives, as somebody mentioned in the chat, uh, to the wide receivers. Um, <laughs> thanks, MJ. When your Rams stack doesn't actually stack Rams, we, we got, I mean, we got like nothing here. I'm going to take Jordan Love in my Rams stack. <laughs> 
<laughs> We're stacking Rams, boys. <laughs> this was a bad pocket to do Rams. I'm still going to mark it off. Like, it's off the wheel now. We're not going to do Rams again. But I have, en I have enough Rams. And again, really, I fucking hate Matthew Stafford as a pick. I have to say it. Like, I really think he is a bad pick. He's still a pick you can make. Um, as part of a Rams bet, because the way that they're going to be, you know, live to do anything this year is going to be through Matthew Stafford. Uh, but I have overall 1.5% Matthew Stafford, and that's across everything. So I'm actually, for a stack stack, like, I wouldn't have been mad about getting Stafford because that's the point of this exercise is, like, I'm drafting teams I don't normally draft. That said, I don't think the Rams need Stafford to be 7 and, you know, fucking 7 and 10, 8 and 9, whatever. Love the draft more Buffalo and Kincaid, but I feel like the passing game is overpriced to touch. I'm giving up better value to other positions. The running backs are very well priced. Fair way to look at it. I think you just pay the price for the stack that the stack's at. Like, I, that's how I feel about it, especially for good teams. Like, yeah, like, I don't love taking Chase and Higgins and Burrow at all, you know, top five round capital. Um, but I do think that you do that because you want to have a share of the Bengals. I feel the same way about the Bills. Like, you take the Bills because... And honestly, their their past game draft capital is not awful. Like you have obviously the high price for Diggs, you got to get him. But then Davis is like a decent price tag, you know. And you can skip him, and you can go to Kincaid. You can get Knox for free. Um, you can take Hardy and Shakir if you want. Uh, I think that Buffalo to me is like pretty reasonably priced for uh, top three odds Super Bowl team, top five odds. Yeah, we'll get Puka. We'll get Puka. I think Puka is a good part of a Ram stack. Obviously, Jordan loves the best part of a Ram stack. I've been taking Knox because he's just as likely as literally every tight end outside of elite guys to be tight end seven. That is very specific. <laughs> you clearly consigliere as a process. And again, I love consigliere, and I know he's strong enough to take me being mean to him here. But just like, I don't know. Take Knox for sure. Like I, I take Knox. Um, I'll look. We'll do, of course, my full exposure at the end. I'll do the the review that I always do. Um, I, I don't think Knox as much as I thought. We've got three percent Knox overall, or three point five percent Knox, and eleven percent Kincaid. Uh, but I have so much Kincaid pre-draft that I've been a little bit less slavish to taking him everywhere. Just Liam really likes Hardy. I think that's a little bit of a bias. <laughs> My guess. Hardy's fine. Um, Hardy's going to get gimmick touches, though. Hardy's not going to be... Like, the guy you can see as a role is Kincaid. That's why you take Kincaid, I think. Um, but Hardy's not going to be, like, a, you know, five-touch guy, even. Uh, let alone a ten-touch guy. Kincaid can, I think, give you ten touches and give you ten targets and all that. Um, okay. So we've got four running backs. Can use more there. Samir White doesn't have a full guaranteed role, but I do have guys with partial roles here. I don't have anything for Jacksonville. Uh, let's do Zamir White. Just want to get a body in at running back. And we've got correlations. And then now let's focus. Okay, Giants, Rams. <laughs> let's really get in the Rams stack zone here. Here we go. I could have taken Trey McBride for the Colorado State Rams. Yes. They're going to get in the Pac-12 at this point, <laughs> based on how that's been going. All right. Who do we, who do we need to take here? We got Jets. We got Jets and Browns. 
I think, all right, let's just put in some names. Um, I had already went. All right. Puka in. Um, yeah, Puka will be our seventh receiver, hopefully. Barring me getting sniped again. Um, I think this could be an Eric Gray team in the 18th round. Uh, and then we should take at least one more Ram, right? Because we have no Rams. But then we'll take 2-2. Two, two. All right, so here's what we're going to try to do here for our last three rounds. Will it work? I don't know. Don't feel like these are going to be competitive names. I don't think Tutu, Puka, and Eric Gray are going to be the hottest commodities here, but we'll find out given how this guy's been... These two guys next to me are just taking Rams left and right. <laughs> Former Ram Robert Woods. Does anybody who's been a part of the Rams program we can get to? I'm going to do one more spag sacks after this one, guys, so stay tuned. We'll do another wheel spin. We'll do the whole thing. Um, all right, Puka. Could Puka be the new Cooper Cup? Can he play the F role in the Rams offense? The famous F role where a guy moves around the... There's actually an article, by the way, in The Athletic talking about uh, Puka and, and Tutu Atwell in particular as being guys who they want to be able to do what Cooper Cup does in terms of the the F role. So like, there's normally an X and a Z and a Y and whatever. Um, the F role is specific to the Rams where it's a guy that moves around the slot, can move back outside, all that stuff can be in the backfield. Um, Puka, apparently they want to have that role, but Tutu, they feel more comfort in running that role if Cup were to go out. Um, so that's where we are with Puka and Tutu is that uh, they are good contingent value for Cup. I think that Puka is going to be able to get on the field more just because he does some things that are not duplicated by Van Jefferson as much, whereas Tutu is a little more aligned with Van Jefferson. But these guys are both, I think, kind of dart throw plays for production in the Rams offense. Um, and they probably both need Cup to go down to be like really useful. Um, so I think that's where Puka and Tutu are for me, but we'll... We'll do them anyway because they're Rams. Puka is Poopa. <laughs> uh, Puka was pretty good in college. Didn't, didn't run enough routes to have a ton of confidence in the sample size. Uh, but Puka was Puka ran 17 routes per game. So that's actually the lowest out of all the guys on my spreadsheet who were drafted and are interesting. Um, but he was targeted 46% of the time that he ran those routes. So he's kind of one of those like you scheme up touches for him, guys. Um, 23% avoided tackle rate looks pretty good. Uh, ran out wide, didn't get a lot of slot routes. Uh, did he do anything in the red zone? Yeah, not targeted in the red zone very much. Uh, targeted some downfield was Puka, 1.8 targets of 20-plus air yards per game. Yeah, I mean, Puka to me feels like a guy that... Uh, less athletic Percy Harvin <laughs> is kind of in the range of outcomes. He's honestly like Deontay Hardy and Puka are probably closer in terms of being similar. Like guys, you're going to scheme touches for, but there's not going to be a lot of them. I think that's kind of what Puka is. Yeah, 17 routes per game, but he was also banged up in college. You know, I don't know. It's tough with any of these things where it is small sample size, things like that. But when you see a guy being targeted that heavily, though, like, you know, it would be weird that he's not running more routes, certainly, but you're forcing him the ball. So like that is still something to kind of, Flag and go. All right, that feels pretty good. Um, do I even need 
Do I need a sixth running back, really? Let's take 2-2 for this Ram stack that we've really lovingly dedicated a lot of attention to. So the team so far have not done a good job reading the team out loud amidst all the arguing. Josh Allen and Jordan Love at QB at running back. Cam Akers, big part of a Ram stack. DeAndre Swift, Jalen Warren, Devin Singletary, Zamir White. Couldn't get Cooper Cup here, so we got Stefan Diggs, Garrett Wilson, Christian Watson, Brandon Ayuk, Elijah Moore, Juju Smith-Schuster, Puka Nakua, and Tutu Atwell are luxury Rams here at the end. And then David Njoku, Dalton Kincaid. Got to tell you, I would like to see him a lot if I didn't have to do any of this Rams bullshit. <laughs> but here we are. Here we are. Referring more to me and Consigliere, of course, not you, Bullock. My niece will not got. All right. <laughs> Noted. Everybody keep it in mind here. Our guy, green check mark, his niece will not got. No matter how much you want her to got, she ain't going to got. And also, you probably shouldn't be talking to his niece. She's probably a child. So don't worry about her got nothing. You leave that girl alone, chat. Oh, OD1 Kenobi's niece will got. <laughs> there we go. Should I take, like, should I take Eric Gray? Is this just a wasted pick? Is there anybody else in the Giants? Take a ninth receiver. Yeah, you know what? There's a decent chance Wandale Robinson is active and capable of a ceiling game in Week 17. We'll take Wandale here. So the final team, Josh Allen, Jordan Love, a running back, Cam Akers, DeAndre Swift, Jalen Warren, Devin Singletary, Zamir White, receiver, Stefan Diggs, Garrett Wilson, Christian Watson, Brandon A. Elijah Moore. It's a real roll call here. Juju, Puka Nakua, Tutu Atwell, Wandale Robinson, and then a tight end, David Njoku, Dalton Kincaid, I don't think Eric Gray added a lot besides a higher likelihood of a zero here. So I think we got, here's your bring back for week 17. If you're going to build a Ram stack with names like Cam Akers, Puka Dakua, and Tutu Atwell, you got to have Wandale as a bring back. You just got to have them. All right, let's spin the wheel here. We'll hop into another draft as well at the same time. Uh, but I'm going to pull up the Spag Stacks wheel and let's see what we're going to get here. 11 teams left on the board. Which dog shit one will make me have to draft around them coming up here? And I'm answering the BBM forum right now, too, if you guys want. Vikings! Oh, but we got to get. Oh, but we're not going to get Justin Jefferson. We're not going to get Justin Jefferson, though. You got to say. He is a key part of a Viking stack. Oh, man. All right. Well, we'll try it. The good news is I have more than the field of Justin Jefferson, and we'll see how you build a Viking stack without him. I don't think Justin Jefferson is going to fall to number five. I don't. That's not the most likely here. Not the most likely. But we'll, we'll update the banner. What a bust. We've had so many clean spag stacks days. This is not the one. Uh, all right. Vikings. The Vikings this year. Uh, I guess let's talk about them. Chad, why don't you push? Why don't you push uh, Justin Jefferson? <laughs> the BBM day that you've been accruing, Chad says that Justin Jefferson goes in the one hole way too much. Why don't you get different there and let the let the five hole have Justin Jefferson? Okay, so we have KJ Osborne, Hawk, Addison would win me three million. Maybe Madison too. I mean, I think that's the thing. I'm not going to go ADP crazy to reach for these guys, uh, just because again, I only have 40 entries left, and I don't want to. I don't want to put up bad teams at this point in the board. But 
the way you get leverage against us and Jefferson would just be stacking up every other Viking and just saying like Jefferson doesn't go off week 17. And if we somehow get there, you know, in this potential shootout game against green Bay, um, that's one of those things that I think would look pretty good as well. Um, would just be, you know, in terms of like the week 17 game theory of it all. Um, uh, yeah. In a dome too. I mean, obviously Jefferson's the most important part you're going to want for week 17, but we'll do what we can here. All right. Running backs on the board. A lot of badges in this room too. We want a McCaffrey share. Oh, fuck it. Christian McCaffrey. You'll never see a man more disappointed on stream to get Christian McCaffrey than me. That is my promise to you. There we go. Said the said Sam's thoughts here as he was typing them. Yeah, I mean, look, if you're gonna go pure game theory, like obviously the binary move, if you're trying to get the best Viking stack, it's Justin Jefferson. If you're trying to get leverage with a Viking stack in week 17, it's everybody but Justin Jefferson, I would think. Um, and honestly, probably even Jefferson and Hawkinson. Like, I think that's a Got to be a fairly common duo. Um, again, Chad Mashkey's in the chat, so you can tell me if, if I'm incorrect. Um, but I would think with how those ADPs align, you're probably going to have a lot of Jefferson, Hawkinson, uh, Cousins seems getting to the finals as long as Jefferson is, uh, you know, as good as he was last year, if not a little bit better. Um, so I think that's something with with them that um, maybe you don't draft Hawkinson too, and that's the way you get the full leverage against other chalkier Viking stacks. But clearly Jefferson and Hawkinson is like the alpha um, and the sun, moon, and stars if you are going to try to stack up Vikings. Think you should become the fantasy best ball tilt guy that stats lead and rant with shorts of TikTok gold. Yeah, you know, look, I there's always more we can do here. The, the, always the issue for me with splash play is like the fun I have is doing streams. The the stuff I don't find fun is like strapping into edit videos. But I know Consigliere wants me to do more edited videos and shit. At a certain point, I'll have the resources to do that. But for now, you know, you get five days a week here of, of stream drafts until the season starts for me. And then once we get in season, I'm gonna be putting up a lot and hopefully should have some fun other content announcements for what I'll be doing uh, for football season coming up. Once I figure it out. About one every nine drafts is JJ Hawkinson and Cousins. So, and that's the one that I think would be the highest owned Viking stack. Um, so definitely, and it's only a 400 draft sample as Chad points out. So it's not the biggest one here, uh, but certainly theoretically sharp draft rooms are the ones that are submitting here because of Chad uh, getting this through the Badge Bros Discord and Pete's uh, and Pete's overall depositing Discord. Uh, so I think, you know, that's been the most alarming thing I would say out of Chad's drafts so far is that, uh, the data rather he's been accumulating from the drafts is just how less much like how much less stacking rather is there um, than you would think because we have uh, in our little bubble here people who are on streams and who are watching best ball streams we always are talking about stacking and how important it is and then you go through Chad's data and you know unless there's like something wild out there from the rest of the day that's going to really skew the numbers it does feel like stacking is just not as big of a thing that you'd want to see. I mean, Matt, unless you're going to do all the data yourself, I don't like, like Chad's the only one who's willing to do this legwork right now to get uh, some sort of combinatorial ownership of what's happened so far. So if you don't agree, then you got to find 500 drafts <laughs> yourself and go against it. But you can see it sometimes in rooms too. Like if you really, you know, I've done 110 of these BBMs. I've done a lot more of the other drafts as well. Like stacking feels very important to us. And certainly there's a lot of stacking going on, but you're in rooms sometimes where it's like, there's, you know, 
three people stacking, six people stacking, and there's six more that are just, just grabbing players like apples off of trees. Um, I think that's something that certainly uh, I've seen anecdotally. So I think data-wise, it doesn't surprise me at all what Chad's gotten and his numbers. Um, but, you know, we'll find out, obviously, when the tournament's out there and somebody can pull all the data via an API. Vikings play Bengals week 15, too. There we go. I'm not a I'm not a big week 15 and 16 correlator just because I do like to focus on the pure uncut week 17 stuff. Uh, but definitely that is one that is that is there. And Chad saying the numbers stayed relatively consistent as we add to it. I've logged the last two weeks, but it was about 2% of all teams. So 2% is a pretty big number. I mean, again, it's bigger than anybody else's number out there. Uh, so kudos to Chad for doing the work here so we can even debate it. Uh, all right, we are trying to build Vikings. No Vikings coming up anytime soon. So let's just get some talent in the door. Uh, Chris Olave, I think, just fits this build. Just the guy who's there at receiver. Um, that's <laughs> that's the primary way that he fits this build. But I have no issue with Olave. Um, talked about him enough on here. Do you think that Michael Thomas being there going to drop his volume a little bit, but hopefully adds to the efficiency of his downfield work. Um, also, Derek Carr being more of a downfield thrower after being kind of handcuffed last year going to be good. Uh, playing on turf for Olave, also a good thing. Um, I also kind of felt like Olave a little bit mispriced, unless you know we assume that Michael Thomas is never going to return to form. Uh, but I still take him at 20, and I would never know what you're taking Olave at 20 here. What's up, Tank? What's up, all the guys in chat? Appreciate you hanging out here with me, of course. Uh, five days a week of streams here as we go into the season here, drafting every day. Sometimes it'll be a lot of drafts. Sometimes it'll be two. Sometimes it'll be one. Uh, but there will always be a draft here Monday through Friday for me on the Splash Play channels. We get into this final March heading into the season and maybe some bonus ones coming up too. We'll find out. Here goes our guy. Ch so Chad's in the one hole here, right? Chad, Chad, your name is Lee on this one? I didn't know that Chad's username was Lee, um, but he got Jefferson and Higgins. So he got the week 15 correlation with the Bengals. We'll see what we get back. Calvin Ridley, reasonable number 27 here. There's some of the steam that he's gotten recently. Oh boy. Another DK Metcalf share. Do we just play the hits? Do we go get Debo? I, I don't want to go get Debo. DK Metcalf. Could definitely use more Niners alpha stacks or even getting all of them in here. Um, but I just don't like reaching for Debo. Debo can go in the 40s. Uh, not a player that I'm trying to get at 29. Whereas DK Metcalf, um, of course, I've been doing this all offseason long, drafted him in the third round, but he's now coming up enough here where I think him at 29 doesn't feel that bad. And a really, really good camp reports for DK Metcalf, by the way. So for anybody who's been weighing in on that debate, uh, Pete, of course, anti-DK Metcalf because you can get the other pieces of the Seahawks offense cheaper. Uh, but Metcalf making a tremendous plays at camp. Geno's safety blanket. He's the one catching touchdowns in the drills. Uh, he is the one who's also apparently making a tremendous strides as a route runner, according to camp reports. So I will... I have 20% DK Metcalf and that's not going to stop. What's the DK exposure now? Um, you know what? We'll tease that out. We'll find out at the end of this video because he's going to be one of my top five receivers. Uh, let me confirm that'll be the case, but he definitely is going to be on that first screen either way. Yeah, he is my number three overall. At what number? You'll find out at the end of the stream for my weekly exposure check-in. Interesting, yeah. And shouts to Chad defending his work in the chat. Um, if you want to see the debate here between him and Matt, 
Um, yeah, I think I, I certainly will always say that guys like Chad who come in and do, and you know, really try to approach this too, where I think Chad has approached it about as scientifically as you can, uh, something like accumulating best ball data. Um, really appreciate guys like him being willing to do the work for stuff like that. And uh, I need a little bit of edge. Like you don't need to draft everything you're doing based off of what Chad's found with the drafts that he's gotten, but there's nobody else out there. I can tell you who's accumulated 400 drafts of BBM four so far. Um, that's not, yeah, that's not the case. I wonder how many for like Chad, should I be submitting you my 110? <laughs> would that be helpful? Or how many of those drafts that Chad has, am I already in? That would be the question I would wonder. Probably good amount. DK is the Konami code of the three wide receiver start in the left side of the board. I agree. Like if DK Metcalf's your wide receiver one, I feel like I could get why that would be something that makes people uncomfortable. If he's your wide receiver three, like, man, he's going to give you some 30 point days. Like, I think there's going to be a couple 30 point days for him this year. Um, certainly a more higher chance of there being more 20 point days. Uh, but he's the kind of guy, just athletic freak who also has eaten like shit his entire career. And he's starting to eat less like shit now. Um, he's getting older. I think that's a positive thing for DK Metcalf, who's already been great, getting better at running routes and just having Lockett and JSN out there drawing targets away, as well as running backs like Walker and Charbonnet and even Kenny McIntosh, like he's looking pretty good in camp and was very good at Georgia. Like these are things that help out a guy like Metcalf, who can be a big red zone, end zone target earner, can also be a big downfield guy. Um, so I think this is the year to me, like Metcalf, like Metcalf can make a real leap and get into this, this range next year, but we'll see. All right, we're on the clock here. We got McCaffrey, Olave, Metcalf. Uh, because of the McCaffrey of it, and because also Christian Watson went to short gamer, I'm going to reach for McLaurin here. Um, as I've talked about, I really would like to get um, Christian Watson in your Minnesota Vikings stacks just because I think that game in a dome with what Watson is. Um, one of my biggest bets, obviously, as we've talked about a lot in the streams, but I think if you're trying to stack Vikings, like, and you get Christian Watson as part of that stack, uh, especially if it's with Jefferson, I think that is uh, that is a pure uncut Vikings Week 17 stack with Week 17 correlation. Uh, that's fair. Bad news, Chad, is I'm too lazy to do it. <laughs> but I guess that is again, Chad, Chad, a true scientist here, actually didn't keep the username, so he's not trying to not trying to have any edge for himself or for anybody else out there. Um, out of your curiosity, do you have a rough sense of your EV playing BBM? Curious how much of an edge the top experts feel when they have to overcome that 11% rake. Um, relative to what I put in last year, I had a slight profit, but it, like it was also uh, the Cincinnati Buffalo of it all really threw off my expected value calculation. So the fact that I had any profit last season would make me feel pretty good about it. Um, and especially too, because I was somebody that had uh, 20 to 25% Lance, 20 to 25% Darren Waller. Um, which part of why I've been more responsible on my exposures for players that have some fluidity to what I think can happen. Um, but yeah, for me, like if that team had gotten more than four points from Joe Burrow, I think my EV calculation would, be, look, would look even more favorable. But unfortunately, we just got a top 200 finish and, and most of our entry is free rolled from finishing top 200. Well, I don't know, guys. We'll see. See what Big Poppy does here. All right, so we do get Hawkinson in our Viking stack. We sweated it out a little bit. Again, if I were drafting the team that I would just want to draft without the Vikings component, I'd probably take Brandon Ayuk here, but I think getting Hawkinson uh, one, one and a half picks after ADP feels pretty good in our Viking stack, so we are okay there. Um, 
We'll see what we get on the way back. Oh, good. Christopher has unbeatable teams drafted. Save your money for the weekly winners. Okay, good. Don't, don't have to worry about that anymore, guys. Christopher's got it under control. The weekly winners do. I do like that's gonna be a tough one to fill. If you're gonna try to get some overlay, an underdog so rarely has overlay for these big flagship contests. Weekly winners is your better shot at overlay uh, than BBM. Absolutely. Yeah, Chad did fade Hawk at the turn, so. Or he's just being kind and letting me get Hawk as part of the Viking stack. I don't know. Probably not, though. But I do think if we didn't get Hawkinson, what I would have done was taken Ayuk there and felt okay about it. And then we would have had to really prioritize getting Addison. Um, really was hoping that Madison might fall in this room. Uh, he does kind of fall in random ones. Doesn't fall here. So we'll see. Um, as I've talked about, I think that the play for Minnesota at running back, if you are not going to get Madison, is still Dwayne McBride. Um, Chandler has been bad in camp. Uh, McBride hasn't been much better either to be fair. Uh, but Mc, like, but like Chandler actually, I think is costing himself, uh, the job right now. He's fumbling a lot apparently in camp. Uh, McBride hasn't been great. Kenny and, and Wong Wu has been hurt. So that's not great for them. Um, but yeah, but we'll see what we get later here and hopefully Addison will be back, but you never know. You never know. We should be safe for Addison, but if somebody does a little reachy reachy here, could get fucked on Addison too. Mm -mm -mm. Okay. Yeah, nothing too crazy happening here. Waller going. Actually, never mind. <laughs> Say nothing too crazy because I'm looking at the chat. Darren Waller going at 60 is pretty crazy. But we talked about this earlier in the week. He's going to come up. Too many good camp reports. Him and Hyatt are going to both come up. Hyatt, I really, like, I think Hyatt should get drafted reliably now, now that we know that he's in the mix, so at least we're getting snaps of that first team. Um, that said, Jalen Hyatt, still not a starter. Like, he's still, uh, one of the beat reporters for the Giants tweeted this morning that it's Slayton, Hodgins, and Campbell that are the starters. Obviously, you still have Sterling Shepard coming back. You still have uh, Wandale Robinson coming back from injury. Uh, so those are things that are going to limit those guys. I think what happens to Hyatt is he take some of Campbell's role right away. A uh, Hyatt ran exclusively out of the slot at Tennessee. Uh, so that's something that I think, or maybe not exclusively. I need to, let me confirm that. But he did, definitely ran primarily out of the slot. A uh, Hyatt ran, bah, bah, bah. yeah, Hyatt ran no wide targets or not enough wide targets to qualify from SIS data, sports info solutions data that I use for all the EPA numbers I cite, but 5.6 slot targets per game with a great 0.737 EPA per target. Uh, but it was those gimmicky Tennessee touches where he's moving around and then runs out of the slot. So maybe they'll try to push Hyatt out wide more. Uh, but in college, they did not have him going out wide at all, or at least not enough to be uh, significant to make the ranks there. Of course, how could I forget about Cole Beasley, who is, I think, in Giants camp, uh, just being a camp body out there amidst their 15 receivers they have. How do you feel about drafting at this point in training camp? Is it a disadvantage to have the team's total maybe lower by drafting players that end up injured, benched, cut before the season? You can make that case about any time. And I know John is asking some questions too because I think John is just diving into best ball a little bit more uh, for the first time this year. So uh, I would say that this is probably the best time to do it where it is a combination of the knowledge you've accumulated over the last uh, few months and then also predicting some stuff. The safest time to draft is going to be that last week before training camp, but um, you have to absorb risk with anything. And here on Splash Play, we've been drafting since the Super Bowl. Uh, so I tend to think that, yes, you absorb some risk and then you hope it figure it out. Uh, we're going to take Addison here. 
obviously, because we're stacking Vikings much better than we're st uh, stacking Rams. We got Addison and Hawkinson there as part of our Vikings grouping here. And then we have McCaffrey, Olave, DK Metcalf, and Terry McLaurin. I like the build. I think we got some, some ways to go around, make this make sense here. Obviously, would prefer to get Justin Jefferson uh, for the Vikings stack, but if we're not going to do it, I think this is the way you attack it. Yeah, that would be John. You're 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 right here. I mean, you're 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 sniffing around the point. Um, you have the best shot to build super teams in like May, June. Um, as I mentioned before, I think that the finalist that I had built last year was in May. Um, so that's one that I you know certainly for me worked out. Pat Corain built his winning team in the middle of July. Um, I think Liam built his BBM two winning team in June. Uh, so certainly, you know, there's enough advantage here to building in June and July uh, that I wouldn't worry at all about drafting in August. If anything, now you are drafting in the pocket where there's been a lot of knowledge accumulation and, you know, we've had a few weeks of training camp. So um, there's always going to be injury risk. Like there's always going to be that, like you'd have your Tim Patrick's um, you'll have even guys that are going to make a lot less sense uh, that get hurt. Like really young guys who've never had an injury, uh, but you just have to, you just have to absorb that risk. All right, let's see what we can get here. Zero one four one. Miles Sanders falling in this room. <laughs> and there goes Sanders, the big poppy. So I was thinking about going Sanders' way. I am instead. Mm, I do want to buy some David Montgomery down the home stretch. Drafted him a lot early. I've kind of dialed it back, but he's very much locked into a good role for Detroit. But I am going to take Jahan Dotson here. We have McCaffrey, and I'm not the biggest Damian Pierce fan anyway. Uh, so having McCaffrey, I think, is going to make me treat this space like a zero RB build. But now we have McCaffrey, Chris Olave, DK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin, Jordan Addison, Jahan Dotson, TJ Hawkinson. So this kind of feels to me like a spot where we can try to do Cousins and Howell. Uh, maybe a third QB with there, but Cousins and Howell feels about right for this build. Jordan Addison just seems like a guy. Size and speed seems average, at least for the rookie year. Uh, I mean, I, I've mentioned my, I wouldn't say discontent or displeasure. I thought he could have been better at USC with what he showed at Pitt. Um, he was better, much better at Pittsburgh the year before last than he was at USC this year. Yeah, that said, he's coming into an offense where he's learning from kind of similarly built, uh, similarly skilled guy, Justin Jefferson. Um, and Addison was the top receiver in the country. You know, he's an award winner. He's won the Bolitnikoff Award. So he's not coming into some slouch. Um, I just think that if you expect him, you expect him right away to be even what Vincent Adam Thielen was, that might be asking a lot. But in terms of spike weeks, like the weeks that Jefferson gets bracketed, you're going to see big days for Hawkinson, Addison, or for KJ Osborne. Uh, like that's just going to happen. And with how successful it was bracketing Jefferson last year, um, those were the games where he had like the real duds, like Jair Alexander, that game against Green Bay. Uh, Alexander was covering him, but he had help over the top. Um, if people do that more, you could see Addison, I think, have a higher ceiling, even independent of his level of talent. Um, but. But the talent's there. It's just he's not as fast as he could be. And I agree. Like, yeah, he could have graded out better with the RAS scores and he could have done better at USC last year and he didn't. Didn't Addison do a lot of jet sweep stuff in college? I think he did a little more at Pittsburgh. I don't think he had. I don't think he had any carries per game, at least that, you know, enough to actually make it. Uh, buh, buh, buh. 
Yeah, actually, I didn't pull in the the running data for Addison, but he's not like one of those guys you're expecting to uh, be the the Debo Samuel role that always gets hyped up now in camp. Um, he could theoretically do it, but I don't I don't think that's a part of the Vikings game plan, like with how O'Connell approaches things. Now, everybody needs to be outstanding with those numbers, though. He's definitely smaller, but like, you know, Keenan Allen's slow. Like there's, I don't always want to use the same examples, but like you can't, you can't get stuck on any one point. Like DK Metcalf, I, I always talk about my love of the estimated points added stat. I think it's a hugely important one that is not publicly available enough to be a thing that everybody's baking into their process, whether they would anyway. Um, but those numbers like don't look great for DK Metcalf last year. That said, you know, you have some sort of, you give a little bit of grace to a younger player whose situation's improving and their talent level should be improving. Um, so I think that's the kind of thing for me that, uh, you know, it's not really a, a situation for Addison where you just take his numbers and you go, ah, like he's not fast enough, not good enough, not big enough to be a pro. It's all about the overall picture where it's like, okay, is this guy big? Then maybe, and, and young, maybe give him some grace then about how he performed in advanced analytics. He's great in advanced analytics, like which Addison was, um, you know, then you give him a little grace about the size, but I think it's kind of, kind of have to look at the overall picture. That's what I would say. Um, we're on the clock here, though. Mm. Five receivers. We have New Orleans. I think this is one, though. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Fuck, 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 fuck. Well, we timed out on Zay Flowers. That was who I was thinking about picking anyway. So my thought process here was, do I need to take Cousins early? I don't think Chad will take him at 96 or 97. Maybe he will, though. But I was going to reach for Cousins there, potentially, just to lock it down. Uh, if not, we will have a Cousins. We will have a disappointing Spag Stacks day. But honestly, this is one of the stacks, too, with Minnesota that I have enough Kirk Cousins stacked with Vikings receivers that if I don't get it on stream perfectly, I'm not going to be mad about it, but we'll see what Chad does on turn. If he wants to reach, you know, 20 picks ahead for Cousins, then he can do it. I just didn't want to do it at that spot. I wouldn't just make blanket statements like that personally about skinny receivers taking a year or two to get good. I don't think that's it. Um, I think Luke Musgrave is the next Gronk. Runs like a robot, knock people down, hard to tackle. Musgrave only played two games last year for, yeah, all right, he does say Cousins. Fuck, man. It's hard to also, I mean, Chad's listening to the stream, so clearly he knows. Um, thought that he might go a different way with his stack just because he didn't have two Vikings. Oh, well. Chad, I think you know the rules by now. I appreciate all the work you're doing data-wise. I appreciate you as a human being. Uh, you need to go on a fucking timeout. <laughs> Come back in a few minutes. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I hope I didn't ban him outright. Let me make sure that I did just put him in timeout. Okay. He's in timeout. <laughs> Them's the rules. I don't know what to tell you. I'm glad you contemplated it though. <laughs> we got some outs though. We got some outs. We're fine. If anything, we're just making more of a bet against Minnesota's chalky stack that Chad has. 
yeah, I've, I've said this before. If you're going to be in chat and you're going to be participating, whatever, and then you take the QB, you know, I'm trying to get take five minutes, <laughs> take five minutes, run a lap around, come back. There we go. Still a stack and your treatment of Chad was just. If Ross says so, as one of our members here, uh, then I support that. And of course, if you want to be a member here on Splash Play, why wouldn't you be when you see how I treat people <laughs> in the chat? Uh, you hit the join button, $4.99 a month. I'll review all your teams, or not all your teams. I'll review 10 teams a month for you, but I'm happy to just engage in the conversation about stuff you want. Uh, so please, if you want to join the Splash Play channel, get a badge for yourself, get a Splash Play helmet, get some custom emojis. I'm going to be adding some more in. Um, and I think next week I'll add some more in, uh, but either way, yes, please <laughs> give this hobo your money. Give me your $4.99. And as Ross can attest, I'm happy to give you guys reviews of your teams and say things like, look, I think Ross is a great drafter, but there are sometimes you, you, when you're not drafting the teams yourselves, you can identify some things that somebody could do differently. Some things that might help them enhance their team. Um, so that's something where I think that's the value add here. If you want to get 499 as well as just supporting splash play, obviously. Um, another way to support Splash Play, of course, hit that promo code down below. Use the promo code SPLASH to double your deposit up to 100 bucks on Underdog. A great way to build your bankroll. Of course, $100 is four entries in BBM. Uh, if you double your deposit, that's eight entries. So get in there. Take advantage of it. We love everyone here until you snipe spags, and it's just fuck you. <laughs> I've spoken so highly of Chad throughout that I think if anybody can be timed out and be okay with it, it's probably Chad. Uh, but either way, though. You took Kirk Cousins, 20 spots of ADP. I don't think the data would support that. <laughs> phenomenal value. There goes a real testimonial from a one pleased customer. Ross down below, phenomenal value. I'll take it. All right, so in our Viking stack here, we're going to get still multiple Vikings. Um, let's see what we can do. Yeah. We'll see what comes back to us. A, a little, a lot more Niners Washington correlation in our Viking stack. I will admit that. And if you're new to Spag stacks, by the way, um, part of the reason too, like I, you know, if we we're going to go by the letter of the law, you could say like I should reach for every pick and I should try to get this guy here. Like Jefferson would be uh, logistically impossible in this kind of draft to get. Uh, but I just think too, you know, like I'll reach for a guy within reason. Um, I would have gladly taken Cousins twelve picks out of ADP and the one on one spot. Um, but like, you know, we got, we got stacks, we got enough Vikings here to feel okay about it. And I also just have so much cousins. Like this isn't one like Tennessee where it's like, oh, or even Arizona where it's like, oh, this is the only share of the team I'm going to get. I, I have a lot of cousins. Cousins will show my exposure in a little bit, but I got to think cousins is one of my highest exposed. Uh, yes. Cousins is in fact, one of my highest exposed QBs in best ball mania. So I, me losing cousins doesn't really matter that much to me. Uh, do I have Richardson pickums? I do not because you cannot do them in Pennsylvania, but I'm also not a big futures prop better, but obviously I think the AR lines a little aggressive for sure. Some of the passing yardage lines that I've seen, um, but I think he's going to hit him. I think if he's, he's going to start week one, he's going to hit his props. Um, the issue is him starting week one, which is still up in the air. Uh, we're on the clock. Zero, two, six, one. Let's just get Gino here. The people's Kirk Cousins, the better Kirk Cousins, many are saying. Geno Smith, the Kirk Cousins, DK Metcalf, the Justin Jefferson of this build. Uh, <laughs> but Geno, I think, very solid QB in this range. Keeps me from not having to go three QB necessarily, but this might be a three QB build. 
Very curious about these affiliate codes and what sort of rake back comes with them. Not sure which affiliate codes you're talking about. Talk about Underdog? Underdog's a $50 CPA, at least for my deal. And I think that's across the board. I don't think they negotiate that. Yeah, no props in Pennsylvania kind of sucks for how many gambling friends the state is. It's weird. Uh, or how much of a state uh, that supports gambling it is. I agree, but I think this is one of those things, like much like in California, where they've not legalized sports betting because the tribes are trying to control that uh, really aggressively with their lobbying. I think the sports books controlled Pennsylvania here, and they were like, yeah, underdog, you're, this is not legal for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, definitely one of those things that is a little bit odd because you can bet on so many sports books in Pennsylvania. That's not one of them. Um, speaking of, if you do like to bet on sports books, by the way, good time to get in on our probably app waitlist, probablyapp.com, P-R-O-B-L-Y-A-P-P.com. Um, I think I might actually send out a very early version of the beta uh, tomorrow. Uh, I got to see how I feel about it in the morning uh, because there are some things that are still gaps, but if it feels usable enough, uh, might be giving it out and it'll have free data on there until we put the paywall stuff up. Uh, but we are at a one, two, six, one here. Need more running backs, but this is a case where Mitchell doesn't make sense. Um, so I'm going to take this as a rare Jamal Williams share. We do, of course, have Chris Olave. If Olave gets tackled down at the one-yard line, it's probably more of a Jamal Williams spot than it is a Kendra Miller spot. And I have so much Kendra Miller anyway, as we will talk about when I get to my exposures at the end of the stream, uh, that Jamal Williams to me looks pretty good. <laughs> Welcome back, Chad. <laughs> Welcome to Splash Play, Chad. <laughs> yeah, you're back. You're back. I'm glad that I'm glad I didn't accidentally hit the full band button because that would have been because <laughs> they are right next to each other on StreamYard. But glad to have you back, Chad. Appreciate you coming back. <laughs> was, Chad could have just put on his little his backpack and headed over to Liam's stream. I think Liam's got all the BBM winners. And uh, so don't leave here though. Don't leave here because you're hearing me say that. Watch that stream after. Uh, but I appreciate Chad coming back. And yeah, Chad gets it. So Christopher, you're a fucking maniac, man. All the takes you have and you're taking 51% Mingo? Yes, that's a bad idea. Mingo's fine, but he's not like... Like, I believe, again, I believe in Anthony Richardson with my life. Like, I, would, I wouldn't put up my child. Like, I love Luca dearly. I'm not going to bet Luca in any sort of situation. That said, like, if you're going to get me to bet <laughs> my child, it's on AR. And I'm still taking just 25% AR. So I, I think, you know, and 30% is my max for a lot of guys right now. And I, I probably will get a little bit less than that. Though if I get 30% of, of like Christian Watson, whatever. 50% uh, of anybody is so much, man. Depends on many entries, though. If you're putting in 10 entries or something, fine. But I think, Christopher, you got some money. So I don't, um, I wouldn't have that if you got a lot of entries, bud. <laughs> As a Jets fan, it's tough to Liam uh, listen to Liam continuously roster baiting over Buffalo. There we go. The Jets, though, uh, I mean, Jets are live. If anybody's going to take the East from the Bills, it is probably the Jets this year. Uh, yeah, I think that defense, man, the defense did not force a lot of turnovers last year, and uh, they were tremendous. Like, they were a defense that um, I would actively try to avoid receivers against because they cut any deep pass was not happening against the Jets. Um, obviously largely due to sauce Gardner, but I think some of it's also Robert Sala's scheme. Um, I don't think the bills are going to not win the division, but if they were not going to, and you told me it was the jets, I'd be like, yeah, it's in the range of outcomes. Popping in between meetings from a little room in Brooklyn to say, what's up slag daddy. 
like and sub for this beautiful man and his big, beautiful, holy shit, that's so big, best balls. Thank you, Tyler. Tyler is, of course, going to Pete's Underdog Cardio Club League in Brooklyn. I don't know if, I presume they're streaming that, but uh, if they are, make sure to check that out later today. Uh, but Pete doing a live draft uh, while doing spin in Brooklyn. And I, of course, too big time to do it. I got to go watch Barbie with the wife this afternoon and then hang out with the baby. So that's that's my my defense for not doing cool boy things in Brooklyn. Believe in Mingo with half my life, 70 entries. Man, all right. He just runs crossers, man. He's not a deep guy. He's not a deep ball guy. Um, oh, good. We can get a Ram here if we want. <laughs> um, you know what? We got a one three six one. Well, there's no running backs left on the board, huh? Um, this is just brutal. This is <laughs> absolutely brutal. But we're gonna take KJ Osborne because we're gonna get leverage against all the good Vikings by taking all the dog shit Vikings. And KJ Osborne's not actually dog shit. He's a leader in the receiver room. Apparently, been a great asset for her, uh, for Jordan Addison as well as for uh, Justin Jefferson. And certifiable spike weeks for KJ Osborne. I'm going to wear all pink. No, I'm actually going to be wearing this because I'm literally going to go the second that we finish the stream because I think the movie starts at one. So, moment I hop off here, you can find me in the the AMC in Marple. I think is what it's called in this area of Pennsylvania. Uh, so AMC Marple Barbie. Spags signing autographs, wearing a black shirt and and blue underdog or underdog Under Armour shorts. I don't have underdog shorts, unfortunately. I'm lucky I'm married to an anti-feminist woman. <laughs> I get to miss this Barbie parade. I think it'll be a fun movie. Like I have no issue with it. I like you know Mattel is. I, I've talked about this. I think. I think I might have talked about it once on stream. There's a New Yorker article talking about Mattel's strategy with how they're approaching. Um, like trying to create the cinematic universe kind of thing for themselves with all the, the old toys that they own the rights to. And it's actually incredibly interesting what they're doing. Like they're basically hiring like real auteurs and creators and like these genius producers. And they're just saying, Hey, like what would you do with this franchise? Um, I think it's a pretty fun thing to support personally. Uh, one, three, seven, one, just need a running back. Uh, Roshan, I would have considered taking with the last pick. I will take him with this one. There we go. Thank you for taking Osborne there so I didn't have to take him. Get another five minutes in the box. Chad, I would not have timed you out again here. Uh, the, the Kirk one, taking the QB is the punishable offense. If you take a receiver, it's it, it happens. It happens. But now I'm really levered against Chad in this pod. When Justin Jefferson doesn't go off and he sees Addison, Osborne, Hawkinson all running in touchdowns because Kirk Cousins can't throw it anymore or they're catching touchdowns from, uh, who's the backup? <laughs> God, who's the Minnesota backup now at QB? Um, somebody's going to know in chat before I get it. Not Kellen Mond anymore. I know that. He played last night. Nick Mullins. Catching passes from Nick Mullins and Jaron Hall. That's how the Vikings get there in week 17. Barbie over Oppenheimer. Married life. Yeah, I suppose that's fair. Um like movies as long as Oppenheimer, like Barbie's apparently two hours. And it's like, I can't, I'm gonna have to fucking sit there for two hours. <laughs> so I don't know. Oppenheimer is a tough one for me, uh, but I would have been happy to go see Barbie. Like when it was on HBO max or whatever, you know, whatever. 
It's a Friday afternoon. Got to take your time away from the, the child when you can. That's my one tip for anybody out there who is in uh, the same boat. If you have a, a one-year-old or younger or a little bit older, uh, ours is going to be uh, Luca's 15 months now, I think. Something like that. Uh, <laughs> born in March. Know that for a fact. Uh, point being, though, you got to just do stuff sometimes when the kid's in daycare or if you have your you know, grandmother over. So that's what we're doing. Had a blast of Barbie. Hadn't laughed that much in a while. Not since I saw small weenies in the gym shower. Thanks, Tyler. <laughs> uh, yes, I, I've heard good things about Barbie, too. And I, like, you know, I don't care. Like, I'll watch anything. As long as you're going to entertain me a little bit. Like, and I'm also going to absolutely fucking smash the shit out of some weed <laughs> right before we go. The second I hop up here, I'm going to go see Barbie in between, smoke a lot of weed, and it's going to be great. It's going to be great. <laughs> We're going to make this shit work. I don't think there are any aggressive nude scenes in Barbie, though. If you if you're if you're going for Margot Robbie for that reason, I don't think she she's walking in on Ken just <laughs> like like Wolf of Wall Street, just puss out, going, "Hey, you thought I didn't have genitals, huh?" And then I, <laughs> that's how they do it, right? Have you seen? I've not seen Oppenheimer. I don't see movies very much at all. Like that is the one thing we really can't justify babysitter time for. Usually, when we get a babysitter, we go to like a a nice dinner or something. And I don't sneak out very much of, uh, of, uh, the house to go see a movie. So I actually like, there are Marvel movies and shit. Like I I'm very behind on the Marvel thing. And I think they've completely blown fandom for guys like me. who used to go fucking line up to see the shit and whatever on opening night. Um, but like I didn't see, uh, Ant-Man and I wanted to see that. Didn't see, yeah, there's stuff. Sometimes you just got to pass. I think at least for me. All right. On the clock here. We obviously do not have cousins in our stack. Man, is this a spot? I hate taking this fucking guy. This is a Taysom Hill spot, I think. Tight end two, Taysom Hill. Because we have Hawkinson. We know he's going to be our guy week to week. Nine targets a game last year when he went to Minnesota. Um, and that's going to come down with Addison and Osborne, um, I think, being better than Thielen. But I think this is a nice Taysom Hill spot after ADP. So I'm not fucking taking him early like the slappies out there. Um, I have New Orleans bets here. So like the bet on New Orleans now is just like Chris Olave is doing the work. And then it's just Jamal Williams and Taysom Hill vulturing touchdowns, which seems perfectly viable. You don't find it unreasonable that Marvel now demands 80 hours of your life a year. It's tough, man. I really wish. And the shows, too, that they try to get you to watch in Disney Plus, like, like Loki was okay. It didn't light my world on fire. WandaVision was okay. It didn't light my world on fire. Um, I can't keep up with it. I don't have the bandwidth to do it. I get wanting to monetize and license and do all that shit as much as possible, but they just lost the event part of it. Like, the whole point of marketing stuff is, like, you build to the crescendo, you build to the big event, and that was Endgame. Like, Endgame was one of the, an Infinity War, like, some of the best movie experiences I ever had, but not this. Um, all right. We got this 1472. We do not really need receivers at this point. Um, we did not. Didn't get any of the Philly running backs, and I will never have an issue taking a Philly running back. Uh, they are kind of like Miami to me, where there's more of a pecking order, obviously. It's not going to be a choose-your-own-adventure, like choosing between A-Chain or Mostert or Jeff Wilson. Uh, but I do think that Kenneth Gainwell is still live to win a spot uh, if things break his way or somebody breaks their leg, as we all know those running backs can do. Yeah, New Batman was great. New Batman was definitely great. I've heard Moon Knight was good, too. Um, 
didn't watch it, but it's hard to to do that for me. But yeah, new Batman, Robert Pattinson was fucking fantastic. And that theme too, and just, um, you know, like that Batman to me, uh, I don't know if any of you guys are like huge James Bond fans, but like that to me was like when uh, they had Daniel Craig do Casino Royale. And it's like, that's the James Bond. I, I, of course, have talked about this before. I once took a USC credited class watching all the James Bond films and talking about their cultural impact and whatever. And uh, the James Bond that was in the books, the Ian Fleming books, was like handsome, but in kind of an ugly way, like Daniel Craig, or like a, or a rugged way, and also just a violent monster. <laughs> and that's like what Casino Royale was, where it's like smashing dudes' faces into to bathroom sinks and whatever. Uh, so that was like, to me, that was what Batman was with Robert Pattinson, where it's like, okay, this is now, this is pure Batman, like depressed detective Batman. Um, that's the Batman I like. And hopefully Barbie's the same thing. If Barbie smashes somebody's face in today, oh man. <laughs> if Barbie sees Skipper and is like, this fucking bitch, <laughs> I'm all in, baby. I have way too many Saints stacks. That schedule's too juicy. Saints playing indoors, downfield QB, who they paid a lot of money to. I, like, I have no issue with the Saints, man. Uh, Michael Thomas undervalued, too, if there's any chance that he can be healthy. Um, Saints were one of the teams to me that I, I have a Pittsburgh bias uh, overall. I think they're one that I'm still incredibly intrigued with taking a leap. But New Orleans, I don't even think, has to take a leap. The South is so bad. The NFC South might be the worst division in football this year. I think a very good shot be the worst division in football. Um, there are some signs pointing to Atlanta being the team that breaks out and wins that division, but Saints we know every year. Like they're they're always in the hunt, even when they're not good. So I think them actually having some weapons here, as long as they don't just give away a lot of inefficient touches to Alvin Kamara, I think they're gonna be in a good spot. Uh, nice giants picks here from Rhino. Hopefully he took Daniel Jones. Of course, he didn't take Daniel Jones. God forbid I could ever just compliment somebody and they do a logical thing. But anyway, if he did take Daniel Jones here, <laughs> like I like, obviously I have no issue taking Anthony Richardson. You take an unstacked burrow with Kadarius Tony as his week 17 correlation at least. All right. So we got week 17 correlation takes unstacked Anthony Richardson and then takes the giants guys, whatever it's August. This is going to happen a lot in rooms. You want to draft pristine teams and see other teams stacking beautifully, double stacks, QBs at ADP, all that stuff. Draft in May. You want to draft fucking weirdo teams and adjust to insane people who are <laughs> drafting football teams for the first time. That's when you draft in August. <laughs> I'm going to make the pick with Tyler, your chat. Very funny. Um, I will read it in a moment. Okay, so we got, let's just get stupid Sam Howell. Washington, more important to me at this point than anybody else in the draft. No reason to get cute. I love the part when Nurse Barbie stabbed Ken in the neck with a pen and then jumped out a window ripping her shirt. It's a way to get all the hits for everybody. I like, I'm hoping that the part is also her blowing up the hospital behind her like the Joker, just hitting the thing and like, why isn't it working? And then finally it hits and Barbie confidently struts away, having blown up a hospital full of people. Preach. Thank you. Thank you. This is there. This is my sermon. This is the only space I get. They don't allow me in churches or if I entered one, I would simultaneously light on fire. Uh, so I got to get all my, <laughs> get all my preaching out here. The rooms have been insane the last few days. I mean, listen, man, it's not going to get any less crazy. Um, underdog on, I, I think they probably have one more casual marketing push. 
Uh, I saw DraftKings best ball advertiser in the Hall of Fame game yesterday, which is fucking insane. Um, but, you know, you got to assume Underdog is doing. I know they do a lot of like Facebook marketing stuff. So they're probably going to hit that pretty hard the next few weeks, um, especially with where the fill rate seems like the fill rate can maybe use a little bit of help. Um, you're going to get, I think, a lot of crazy drafts, maybe more than ever these next four weeks, just because of how um, how much they need to get new customers in. And this is the best lever that Underdog has to get uh, people in with $3 million. All right, uh, we got another pick coming up here. 2572. Really not starving in any position. Uh God, I believe so little in Ty Chandler. I get Dwayne McBride in the 18th, I think, but I'm going to take him here. The logic for me being Dwayne McBride over um, over Ty Chandler, and you know, I love Evan Silva. Once at a show with him on Saturday mornings, in which he sometimes had a an owie headache for reasons that any adult can surmise on a Saturday morning. Um, love the guy. I don't think he's right about Ty Chandler. I don't think he's shown anything. Whereas Dwayne McBride, I'll give you some of the stats here. Um, Dwayne McBride, uh, 7.3 yards per rush playing at UAB. So playing shit competition, 4.2 yards, yards after contact per rush would make him the best running back in this rookie class. And that metric 32% avoided tackle rate puts him just behind B. John Robinson and Roshan Johnson, um, 8% TD rate. He was their only weapon. So that's going to happen. Um, not a high stuffed run rate though. It's 16%. He's average there. 0.183 EPA per rush for Dwayne McBride. The most fun part of Dwayne McBride, though, because he was the only good running back at UAB, he saw a lot of eight-man boxes, and he was the only good player on UAB's team. 7.4 yards, or 7.4 rushes per game, excuse me, gets an eight-man box. Gets an eight-man box. He had 5.9 yards per rush. So the defense is putting a play here on the field solely designed to encapsulate and stop Dwayne McBride. And you know what he did? He ran for five yards per rush, which is or six yards per rush, which is insane, including 3.7 yards after contact per rush against eight man boxes and the 35% avoided tackle rate. So that matters like to me, obviously he's playing against guys that are not NFL caliber, the caliber that are not going to be the Packers, not going to be the lions, not going to be the bears, all of that. But Dwayne McBride played against teams that were solely going out of their way to stop the man. And he said, get the fuck off me. I am bigger and better than you. Um, love the guy. He also has a fun nickname that I'm blanking on. Um, it's like a, an aggressive one. Dwayne McBride nickname. Oh, Debo. Yeah, Debo, but with one E. Debo. <laughs> so I guess he maybe not as cool of a nickname. Point being, though, he's a beast. So that's why, to me, it's McBride over Chandler. McBride's going to take a while to get there. He is a low draft capital back, so there's some risk. Um, but if Madison doesn't do what he needs to do, like McBride just has a skill set that I don't think Chandler could ever have. His stats against Georgia, pretty ugly. Oh, he was bad against the best defense in college football who was filled with NFL players as a guy playing at UAB with accountants. No way. No way. Dwayne McRawhide, more like it, just full meat runner type of guy. There we go. Dwayne McBride is my middle and last name, so I get 40% of him in 230 drafts. He might be my cousin I never met. There we go. <laughs> it's as good of a reason as I, it's good of a reason as Christopher having 50% uh, Jonathan Mingo. 
<laughs> but yeah, McBride, I think there's just, you know, some dudes are just meant to be a running back. Um, the Minnesota is also bringing in Jock Patrick, the uh, XFL slash USFL vet um, who famously, I think got cut in the USFL reality show because he ate pizza. I forget what <laughs> the exact logic behind that was. Um, all right. So we didn't get any correlation for our Viking stack on Green Bay. There's a name here who I think because we took Taysom, I'm going to expect some zeros or low scores from Taysom some weeks. Another Luke Musgrave share feels really good here. So the final team going to be Geno Smith, Sam Howell at QB, and running back Christian McCaffrey, Antonio Gibson, Jamal Williams, Roshan Johnson, Kenneth Gainwell, Dwayne McBride. Went very narrow at running back because we got McCaffrey. That's the way that I would approach that if I'm going to use that early draft capital. At receiver, Chris Olave, DK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin, Jordan Addison, Jahan Dotson, Zay Flowers, KJ Osborne. Zay Flowers, the one pick I would take back, but a discount on him at this point, I'm still... Pretty happy with. And TJ Hawkinson, Taysom Hill, Luke Musgrave at tight end. Our guy Chad's on the clock here. I'll give him the respect after temporarily muting him, but we will hit my exposures in a minute once Chad makes his pick. And let's see what he does. Chad, what are you going to do, bud? Chad's soaking up every second here. Much like when he was banned for five minutes for trying to complete a Justin Jefferson stack. <laughs> I don't know who he took. It doesn't show you. All right. <laughs> All that for nothing. My exposures. If you want to play along at home, here we go. Here's your update. 263 teams. I feel like sometimes this doesn't include the one I just drafted. So keep that in mind. Uh, but let's filter it. BBM only. My top five overall, Christian Watson, 31.5%. Jalen Warren, number two, 29%. Michael Pittman down to a healthy 27%. Roshan Johnson, number four, 26%. Number five, Kendra Miller, 23%. And Chad took Isaiah Likely. There we go. QB, my top five. AR down under 23. So hopefully we can get that up a little bit because well, well, we'll figure it out. I would like to get to 25% AR at least. 22.5% uh, AR, 12.6% Jordan Love. I've been buying him a lot. Kenny Pickett, another guy I'm willing to buy in on this year. 13% or 12.6% as well for him. Uh, Kirk Cousins, he is my number four. So that's why Chad could have him today. I apparently have enough of him, 12%. Um, he's in all my Justin Jefferson lines for the most part, I believe. And then Deshaun Watson, 11% here. And you can see my buys in on a cheaper guys, Stroud, Garoppolo, and Tua, uh, who frankly, I think he should be in this 12% range for me, but he's not right now. Jalen Warren at 29% is my number one running back right now. Roshan, number two at 26%. Kendry Miller, number three at 23.4%. So we've gotten him down a little bit. Um, I think his price is going to come back up now that he's healthy and going in camp, but we'll see. Uh, Zach Charbonnet, also healthy and going to camp. He's at 22.5%. And Devin Singletary, 21%. So my bag's there, pretty much packed. Uh, of course, there's a lot of zero RB guys if you want to see the full list of running back. Uh, these are all guys that I would put some amount of faith in. Wide receiver, the aforementioned Christian Watson, 31.5%. Pittman, 27 DK Metcalf, number three at 23.4%. Pickens, number four at 21%. And Quinton Johnston, uh, tied for number five with Devontae Adams, 17.1% of those guys. My Kadarius Tony bags deflating by the week, but I think I will keep him around the 16% range uh, just for all of that. And at a tight end, Michael Mayer at 18, Sam Lamporta at 15.3, Mark Andrews at 14.4, would like to get him to 16, uh, Don Kincaid, 13.5%, and Jelani Woods, all those AR stacks, he is at 12.6%, even though Jelani Woods, I don't even think is playing. <laughs> 
he's it's always Kylan Granson with the first team in Indianapolis. But at some point, Jelani Woods has to play. Yeah, you'd hope and make some catches and do some stuff. And I guess he's tied with Musgrave, so that's a positive for me. Shout out for Christopher as well. Smoke it up. I appreciate you guys hanging out with me here. Of course, um, the $20 super chat, much appreciated, but I also would just appreciate you guys coming to hang out with me five days a week at drafts here until the season starts on splash play. So hit that subscribe button down below, hit the like button, please. It helps me get seen by more people. And I'm dying to do that here because we are in the March to 3000 subs here on splash play. That is the goal. And I really do uh, from the bottom of my heart, appreciate all you guys hanging out with me here. It's been a fun week. I'm very excited to continue to do this content every day. Check out the DraftKings stream I did yesterday if you want to see how the other half lives and also watch me tilt my face off. Um, also, check out the marathon stream on Wednesday. did three in a row. Um, there's going to be a lot coming out for me here in the next few weeks, so come along for the ride. Watch them when you can. If you're live, it'd be great to have you hanging out, but if not, um, appreciate your view no matter what. And follow me at Chris Spags. Follow the show at Splash Play Pod. Go, Barbie, go. Smash some faces, and I'll see you guys <laughs> In a little bit here. Enjoy your weekends. Draft some teams at weird times. Again, do it at night. Do it early in the morning. But do it, guys. I'll see you soon. Good luck. Bye.